0: Ocean FM.
1: Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Loughy Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps, and all your renewable needs. And sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast. We've done it! It's just fabulous
0: to see and up
2: The thing about the club is you don't choose your club.
1: <laughs> um, it's, it's like family, you want to get back out on the field, it's just uh, it's, it's in your blood I suppose. And you just want to get out there now and get the games going again.
3: Brian Murray, Thank you. let me shake hands with you, you come in here hobbling. how are you feeling now? Oh I'm alright, I'm alright, I tell nothing
1: but a couple of pints won't do, I'll tell you, you know. He gets a fit behind it, he launches it in, it's
3: over the bar, the wee man from Chipshire!
4: Yes, and welcome to the Donegal GAA podcast with Ocean FM. Paddy McGill here, coming from Father Tierney Park in Ballyshannon, where Donegal have defeated Louth by 117 to 15 points in round five of the Alliance National Football League. On tonight's show. We hear from Donegal manager Jim McGuinness. Also, we hear from Tom Daly and David McClune, both, of course, from the Arua Club. We also hear from former Arua player Garrett Blake. St Nolz's Brian McCabe also joins me. But first, we hear from Parik McShay, who is with me today on CoComs. And here is what the former Arua and Donegal footballer had to say.
3: I would have to say that in the first half I thought Lloyd were possibly the the, the better team, Uh, they were fresher looking and as somebody said to me a short while ago Donegal looked like a team that maybe worked very hard during the week in training. They were a bit heavy legged and uh, they weren't sharp Uh, but having said that they they did hang in. The breeze was significant, very significant and uh, I know from playing here as a young fellow many years ago that the lower goals can be the league Road goal as we call it, can be the scoring goal and Loud had the elements with them in the second half but what worried me a bit early on Paddy was the, uh, I suppose how simple it was for Lloyd to get through and penetrate our defence. But We did feel even during the commentary that a goal could define that match and Donegal's goal was again something that's near and dear to my heart. I love an odd one knocked in on top of this, the full back. That one was, we won it and uh, young McKelvey stuck the ball in the net. A well taken goal but it deflated Lourdes for a little while. It gave us a, an injection of pace which we didn't have earlier and we had some good personal performances. I thought McGonigle was excellent in the second half, kill, and He's good bit of stuff and I'd compliment Jim for you know uh Playing him in that position, it's a, it's a key role in any team and he certainly is playing very well there. And he's very good coming forward, which is vital in the modern game. Derry have it with a few halfbacks who score goals, but he's good. Ryan McHugh and Young Morgan are good operators as well. So we're, we're blessed with the quality in that area of the pitch. Uh, people might say that Ocean was quiet, but because he set the bar so high for himself, because he's such a magnificent player, he's double and treble marked and again today ger brennan the Loud manager had you know identified the threat that Ossian was going to pose and he had a couple of defenders around him. Ocean was dispossessed a few times but again no player goes through 70 minutes without showing quality and on occasions he did. He kicked one superb score and he was he was a threat and possibly created a wee bit more room for one or two of the other forwards. So in general I'd be very very happy. You know I, I'm a great believer in trying to play your football in the first division. That's where you bring young fellows on. That's where you play against quality and that's where you learn to I suppose. Uh, maybe the best description of the first division is that very few teams out of the first division have won an all Ireland in the last 20 years and I think that really sums it up so from that point of view uh, I'd be I'd be a very happy camper the second half we were much better and we did show that there's you know there's a lot of spirit there's a lot of heart in the team and you know we it's, it's well documented that we have a number of very quality players the other thing that Jim is doing is sort of introducing guys who haven't played for a while. has increased not only the strength but the quality of the panel and that's vital in the modern game.
4: You were very impressed with Paddy McBurdy as well weren't you you thought he was excellent and he's almost playing a different role this year isn't he because we know he's the he's still the S yes, marksman himself and Gallen inside but his support play now is absolutely terrific he looks really encouraging just a couple of really important moments there. I think you would need to be at the game to see them I thought he was really impressive he, he
3: was he was absolutely excellent today apart from the 8 points he scored 7 of them from freeze he, he, some he, difficult freeze as well some yeah. very difficult freeze absolutely and you know he, he, he led from the front there's no doubt at all about that and again McGuinness has been quite perceptive in playing him in a different position in a different role rather than a different position I always felt that when Michael Murphy was playing and particularly when Michael would gravitate out the pitch that Murphy M-M- w- w- would then actually bring a, when, when Michael was out the pitch he picked Paddy McCreary out with a lot of quality ball and for that reason Paddy stayed Closer to goal, stayed in the corner and kicked numerous scores of his left foot. But now not only is he scoring, but he's a very good creative influence in that attack. And he showed that today again. I also would say, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying it, I think he's as fitter, fitter than he's been at any stage in his life. And I'd say that comes from the McGinnis School of Excellence as well, because he works the players so very, very hard. So that's all good and that's all very positive from... Uh, Donegal's point of view uh, Paddy was very very good and to win and people will be saying tomorrow Ushan had a great game ocean played a significant role yeah, and He still he,
4: had a couple of huge moments though. A he couple
3: of huge yeah, moments yeah. because quality will and the other thing I would have to say in fairness to Sam Mulroy the, the loud captain it was a pleasure to see him in action today he's a great bit of stuff I always feel that a full forward should play closer to goal I just think that's where quality players hurt you most and do most damage. And Ushan tends to grab it A wee bit like Michael Murphy did. He tends to travel on occasions. But I think uh, to to really hurt the opposition, keep your keep your hitman inside. And that's what I'd be a great believer in doing.
4: Finally, and I want to bring in Brian McCabe, we have Gareth Blake waking, uh, waiting in the wings as well. Just finally, Donegal under Jim McGuinness in 2024. It's positive so far, isn't it, Parek? you said that on commentary a couple of times. There's a better atmosphere coming to games, there's well, bigger crowds coming to games and
3: well, as I said to you, know, Paddy, and, and, and this isn't in any way a negative of you know about Jim's predecessor or predecessors, but what I would say would be that if Donegal played that loud team today and loud commanders in such an aggressive, you know, positive way we would have struggled to win that game. In fact, I don't think we would have won it. And the other thing that I think is great, there are big crowds going to these league games in Donegal. There's an atmosphere. And I I was out of the country last year when Jim was appointed. And I, 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 I said this before, I think two people at Dublin Airport that I didn't know said to me, You're from Donegal, because they knew the accent. I said, yeah. And they said, what about Jim McGuinness? And, you know, that's an indication of not only has he made an impact locally, from a national point of view, it's great to have him back. He's colourful. He's very good at what he does. He's been there, he's done that, and he really has given Donegal football a great lift, along with him and our new county chairman, Mary Cochran, who's been a breath of fresh air as well. She's just a, a very good operator. So, you know, at the Helen, we have great people in charge and, you know, everything else flows once you have quality at the top.
4: Good man. Well, your, your quality today on COCOMS, Porik McShay and whatever it is, whatever's the secret, let us all know. Younger looking than ever. Thanks for joining me today on commentary and for staying on for the Donegal GA podcast. Absolutely. Okay, so thanks very much to Porik McShay, of course, Ulster. Winner with Donegal back in 1972 and 1974. And we talk about reeling in the years. The man beside me who's joined me for the very first time on the Donegal GAA podcast, Garrett Blake. Anybody from South Donegal will know of this man. And Brian McCabe, who, I'm sorry, spent 40 minutes with me last week in the Athletic Grounds in Armagh, and I made a huge, it was just a big error. First of all, sorry about that, Brian. Gareth Blake, you are just the epitome of a blast from the past.
5: Paddy, how are you? Yeah, Jesus, a blast from the past it's a hard one to say but um, look at it it's great to be down here in Ballyshan and I'm just standing here looking at the facilities which has blown me away the pitch sun shining you couldn't be in a better place
4: I was actually looking at clips recently on Facebook of you it was our Dra under 16 final up in Ballysh up in Kilkar, I beg your pardon Tony. what a player man you are incredible
5: yeah, well, great days, Paddy. Um, as you know, a back in them days, we were competing at the highest level at underage. I would have been very lucky at the group I was playing in. We would have played in most A county finals every other year and maybe multiple finals from different age groups. So, yeah, that game in particular, I didn't know about that. Uh, it was actually my mother that said to me that it's on Facebook. I'm not a Facebook member myself. So I did look back at it and I was kind of like, yeah, I put a smile on my face. At, we were unlucky that day. We came out the wrong side of the result to a very good Ard Ra team. That you know, uh,
4: Backbone by, course, Fergalhina. Just quickly on that, you were back when the old days when it was minor was under 18, you were county minor when you were under 16. Is that right back in 96?
5: Yeah, funny enough, yeah, I was very lucky at the time. I don't know if it's even allowed now, but um, back then, yeah, so I was in the county under 16 captain uh, for Donegal and also in Atney Malloys, which was an excellent minor squad that we won the Ulster final that year beating Derry after a replay and very unlucky to lose in Crow Park to a very good leash team who I believe went on and won the All-Ireland so it was very lucky for me I was, uh, I, always tell, I always tell the story I used to go on a bus to uh, county training so the under 16 county team would be training the same time as the county minors county minors were in Ballabuffet training the under 16s would be in convoy and I'd know which session was going to be the hardest. So we'd either get off the bus in Bala Buffet, if it's, a, if it's a shooting drill or something. By uh, The late uh, Michael Oliver used to take us back then, so we, I used to either jump off or stay on, knowing which was the hardest <laughs> thing. So that, that was the way it was back then.
2: So we
4: talk about player burnout and player welfare, etc. that time, it was probably
5: bonkers, was it? The amount of sport you were playing. It was, it was unbelievable back then, uh, Paddy. I probably look at it now and maybe... You no, know, I probably did get burned out uh, over the years because I would have been doing that road from Ballyshannon to Bally Buffet three times a week from when I was about 15 right up until I was under 21s uh, with no break. Um, so I really enjoyed my underage football. Probably then when I got out under 21 stage and looked at the kind of was looking at the long road then and really uh, I liked the age the, the grading of the because you went into your different grades underage. But then when you looked at it, the long haul, it was like is a senior forever. So I probably uh, I probably had my better days uh, leading up to that under-21s uh, and underage with great times, great times, but I really loved it.
4: I love asking this, whether it's county or club, I always ask if I meet somebody from Cork or somebody from Kildare, who's the best player I've ever played for Kildare, best player I've ever played for Cork. Who's the best player you played with in Arua? Because there's so many from us lads. Look, like I've heard so many names being thrown about. I know it's a tough one to answer, but... Who's, who's the best you played with?
5: I think uh, it's a very good question, and you're putting me on the spot, but really one name that springs out to mind, he would have been a lot older than me, but I think the person that we would really say was John Mankey Duffy. Um, for the type of player he was, uh, I grew up as, a, as an underage player watching him. I kind of tried to mould my game on him, the vision, the, the way he could spread ball with his left foot outside of the boot, put it on a sixpence to anybody. Um, so I was very lucky coming nearly uh, when I started playing with Aru Seniors and we're, we had a great run we got to a county final two county finals uh, Mankey was in in, in, that, in them squads and it was nearly it was real privilege to go to training that time like you know to train with Kenan you had Brian Roper Nain McCree a lot of great Some footballers players. but it was it was a privilege to play uh, to play with John
4: Yeah no doubt about that there were so many Rua teams just stay there, Garrett, uh, Brian, just to name off those, we're in Ballyshannon, Niall McCready, Brian Roper, John Duffy, this man, Garrett Blake, it's, just before we talk about the done go, they had some players, hadn't
1: they? Yeah, they were a great club back then, you know, was the t- players you talk about had, Val Murray players, Brian Murray when he was playing with them, they were a great club, you know, Dermot Conn, you know, Barry, Stephen Ward, they were, they were you, you, was, yeah. you know, Charlie Eddall, Neiman all. They were a fantastic club back then, uh, Paddy. But, you know, you see the facilities here again. It won't be long until they're back. I know they've been in huge work at Underage, and they're coming good. The three or four really exciting lads involved with the under-20s there, so they're on their way back as well. Yeah, you'd know just from being here that you're in one of the powerhouses of Donegal Club Football.
4: Brian, what did you make of Donegal today?
1: Yeah, I thought they were poor, Paddy, particularly in the first half. Uh, we lacked pace in our game. It was very start, stop. I know Loud probably wanted it that way, but I thought in the first half we couldn't get no pace under our game. Uh, we just struggled all over the place, you know, we just struggled, Paddy, and it was a poor first half. It was as poor as we have been all year. But in the second half, the goal was a big score, Paddy. You know, I don't think Loud will be feeling over six points the worst team leaving here today. You know, I know Paddy, really impressed Paddy, kicked eight points. I thought we we missed Brent McCole today. I think Brennan was a big miss today in our defensive side. I am in a boot, actually. Yeah, you know, do we don't know precautionary. We don't yeah, know, do what know what the story is, Paddy, and i be honest with you. But I thought he was a big miss because he would have went man to man on Sam Mulritch. And I thought, you know, he caused he caused this big bother. Uh, Paddy, I thought, done well. Uh, Kieran Moore, I think, had a big second half, and, as had Keela you No, know, But oh, other than that there, no one really, Paddy, you know, stood out altogether.
4: Is that a psychological thing in not just GA but in sport? Donegal were unbackable coming into this. That's not to be in any way patronising to Louth. Not many other names would be household names outed of Louth, outed maybe of Leinster. Is that a psychological thing where Donegal are just a little bit flat?
5: Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd probably be the same as you coming down from Sligo this morning. I was just bringing the kids down here and I was thinking, yeah, we're going to come down and see Donegal, you know, steamroll them. But I was very impressed with Louth. You know, they're well-conditioned, good side, got a game plan. They played very well in the first half. Uh, I probably just want to probably highlight somebody as in is young Moore. I thought he was excellent. Uh, really in the first half when the game was in the mental pot, he drove down the heart of the fence, carried the ball well at speed and had the whereabouts, you know, to give it to the man in the loop. I think it was Oshin Ghana for one score and maybe young McDonald for the next more. He knew it offloaded, came around the loop. Then the second half, it kind of had me eye on him, you know. He drove forward hard, won a free in the 14. He drove forward again. I'd said those four or five points came off young Moore, And even then when I'd really started to watch him, the big midfielder, he was sitting back in the fullback. They were holding on to him. The big midfielder was holding him, watching him, seeing if he wasn't going to come forward. So I think when Celtic Park comes along, uh, there'll be a lot of familiar names in, in Jim's first team. You know, a lot of names we know. But I really think this lad could be a player that could come in there. You know, you put uh, own man in with the speed of own man running with the ball. you Jim got Young. You know, yeah. Young Moore. He sits in the pocket. He can lose defenders and he can run down the heart of the defence. Really good ball carry. So I was very impressed with him today.
4: What do you make as? Um, no doubt, you've great appreciation for McBerty and Gallon inside, because you're a forward yourself. And forwards, you know, the forwards club. What, what, what do you make of them?
5: Ah, look, it's going to be it's going to be a big thing to keep. Well, Oshin had carried a few injuries to keep him injury free, and I know Paddy's coming back. I, 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 Gallon's I,
4: so graceful, isn't he? Yeah,
5: he, you know, he's a lovely player on the ball. You know, he had a couple of occasions in the first half where he kind of carried it into traffic, and he he just wanted to use maybe you see Paddy in the first half came in the loop and popped it. You know, things like that maybe Ashin can kind of uh, tidy up that you know on his game. But even Paddy seeing him that wee bit fitter, it makes a huge difference. Like you know, and it's like as any player, you love to play when you're fit. I know the trainer might be tough at the minute, but when you can go out in the field and know you have done the work, you can look your man in the eye and go, "I've done the work. I'm fit." You know, you're in a happy place, and what happens will fall into place after that. You know, so it's great to see McPurdy. You know, I had a wee thing with my son there. When McBurkey put over the first free after after five minutes or maybe even three minutes, I turned to, to my son, James, and says, that's his first of eight points. Now, I don't know what he ended up with in the end, up, but he must have been yeah, far yeah, off it. Age, yeah. yeah, so I, James is here beside me. He can back me up on that. But, um, yeah, I just felt that he was... You know, with that wee bit of a breeze there, he can get the freeze, you know, he can pop them over. He's very clever footballer, you know, so it's great to see him. Back. It's the
4: small things they do, isn't it? It's
5: the small things, yeah, but a very clever footballer, like, you know, but as I said, I won't go back on it again just very quickly, that he's playing fit, he's fit, you know, he's leaner, you know, there's something more. Donegal's going to need him to progress, him and Oshin inside, full tilt, to be hard and, to stop.
4: And finally, before you go, and well done, James, where do you think Donegal are at overall in the national landscape? Can Donegal go to Celtic Park and win? It's a big ask, isn't it? It's, it's almost, it's almost unfair. I think in that McGuinness comes back, and I've said this nearly in every single podcast. McGinnis comes back, and there's this an innate organic hype and not Derry are just further down the road, though, aren't they?
5: Oh, definitely. You know, like we always say, Division One football, like it is a big step up to Division One football. Derry are playing at a very high level at the minute and playing very well. You know, we have McGuinness there. You'll always go and plenty of hope that McGuinness will come up with a plan. The other side of it is Derry. Derry did a huge amount of work. You know, they're reliant a lot on their inside forward, Um, um So they'll need to get more out of their forward line, Derry. You know, I would still give Donegal a chance, you know, going up to Derry. Um, oh, everyone will be looking at them, uh, Derry progressing. But I don't know. We'll, we'll, go there. we'll go there in confidence, like, you know, because they'll get a run out of this, they get into a league final. You would know they could be coming, be coming off the league with a bit of silverware, a bit of momentum. A few players like I said, Young Moore. I'll tell you, he could eat up Celtic Park when he when he opens up. You know, Owen Ban. You know, so we'll go up there and we'll uh, we'll give it a shot. Anyway.
4: Oh, last one, Brian. I'm going to bring you in then. Oh, what do you think of the pitch? It looks beautiful, doesn't it? Ah, uh, look, it's
5: it's it's immaculate looking at from uh, from up here with the sun shining. I always had a, p- a thing playing that pitch that the bottom goals is always the scoring goals, and I think. I think it's still the same. I don't know why. I just think that them bottom goals down there are the scoring goals. But look, it's immaculate. You know, uh, they have a big open pitch. It's a, it's a, players love it. Like, you know, and this time of year, we, had, we didn't have great weather to be honest and look at the pitch now. It's immaculate. So it's great. It's great for the, great for Aru to have it and it's great for Donegal to be able to play in, it in league matches.
4: It's great for me to get Gareth... Blake, a legend of Eirua onto the Donegal GAA podcast and I know you have a couple of kids here and you need to go. I really, really appreciate you coming on and I'll be annoying you again when I see you at a game. Don't worry. Thanks Paddy. Good to see you. Good stuff. Thanks, Garrett, Blake there. So final word, Donegal per today. Still won though and as Park said as well at the outset of the podcast we don't know what training's been done and it did, we're talking about the psychological element of being unbackable favourites at home and at the same time, time Louth did come down, with Donegal were
1: good for coming back with a quick riposte, weren't they? Yeah, Paddy, Jim's probably happy enough to get out of here. Got the two points. The goal was a big score, Paddy. I think that pushed it out to uh, four, maybe even five at that stage. Because up to that stage, you know, Louth were in the game and they were, you know, they were staying. Every time we got a score, they got a score. So that goal was really a big score. But it was in Castle Bard this night, Paddy, watching <laughs> Mayo Ruscommon game and the difference in pace in the two games was. Between Division One and Division Two, you know, where I know you only can play what's in front of you. But looking at today's game, you know, pace is a big thing in those division one one games, Paddy
4: Who all oh, let's go through just for our listeners. So Brendan McCall was missing today. He was in a boot. We've no idea about that. We might get a word for Jim or one of the players and maybe we might find out about that. You don't know about Brendan McCall and yours club mate. Owen Ban, McGuinness said last week, Owen Ban looks to be a little bit away, which is really disappointing to be honest. Then we have Keelan McColgan, Niall O'Donnell.
1: Uh, Conor O'Donnell from Cairn Donna am I leaving anyone Jason McGee am I leaving anyone else out no we're probably that's more or less but Paddy another thing that you know you looked at the games this night as midfielders getting scores and we're struggling for I know Michael Angan got one there today at the end but you know you need midfielders now in, in these games kicking three four points you've seen uh, Brian Fenton I think ended up with three with Dublin this night you know old midfielders are scoring even the was common midfielders this night got scores early on in the game we're not getting enough No, Paddy got eight points today. No, better quality teams aren't going to give away those frees that Paddy kicked today. Any awards? We need McColgan and Ban back,
4: big time. I would love to see Conor O'Donnell and Nile back as well. We're getting closer, I think, Championship yesterday, seven weeks, seven I weeks think. Yesterday. Yeah,
1: seven weeks mm-hmm. yesterday, Paddy. So, you know, you're probably looking now, we have a break. There's a two games then in the league final. So at that stage, you're in the last, I think the league final's on Easter Sunday. So you're only three weeks out from, uh, the, you know, the first round of the all Championship. So, you know, what's coming here, it'll be a lot of the hard training's done now Paddy and uh, you know there'll be boys you know it'll be sharpening stuff up now
4: Finally though it's looking for all the world Donny are going to be back playing Division 1 football next year and there's probably going to be a league final in you know that Easter, that Easter weekend as you said so in terms of the group and in terms of the standings where we're at it's positive
1: Yeah very positive Paddy you know remember sitting at the McKenna Cup game and we said goal number one was probably to get out of the Division 2 and we're you may you may say the night we're out of it because Gavin dropped big points this night against against Meve. So uh, I know our Mac, yeah, or our Mac was on at three o'clock. So you know we could be sitting the night. We us and our Mac could be nearly clear and being in the league final, Paddy. You'll be thinking, yeah.
4: There's absolutely no doubt about that. Can I just actually say something? I'm sorry, because last week we were on the show and I had a couple of people from Donegal Town texting me the podcast just. It ended up a mess, okay? We were talking about the Abbey Vocation School and getting into the All-Ireland Final, and just to mention it again, unbelievable stuff.
1: Oh, an unbelievable achievement, Paddy. You know, you have Jimmy Brennan there down coaching them, and it's great, you know, Steve McFadden's involved there too. It's a great, great credit for the uh, Abbey Vocations team to be in an All-Ireland Final, and I believe it's going to be on next weekend, Paddy. Uh, not you here, Bethany, been mentioned. There was somewhere to start, it would have been in Crow Park, but I don't think that's going to happen. But you'd be hoping now, you know, they're playing Ashburn in the final, and you'd be really hoping that they can go on and win it. Because I think there's someone like 12, for Masters lads, you know, and they've already won an Ulster Minor title. And to back that up now with an Ireland School final would be massive, you know. And Kieran Thompson's involved with Bunkrana School there and they're in the the, the C final. So, you know, that's another another great achievement for the Bunkrana School.
4: No doubt about that. Brian McCabe, thanks so much for staying on uh, with me for the recording here of the Donegal GA Podcast.
1: Cheers, Paddy. No problem. OK, so up next, it's Donegal
4: manager Jim McGuinness who spoke to various reporters in the aftermath of his side's five-point victory. And it's Charlie Collins leading the questions.
6: We, we understood and knew that life would be tough because the results hadn't reflected the way they played. That's the way it turned out today.
2: Yeah, listen, uh, a tough tactical battle, I suppose, in, in the first half, Charlie. And... Uh, a team that were very well organised, very well set up, that asked a lot of questions of us. We would be disappointed slightly with our own um, control of the game in the first half, but that sort of flipped in the second, which we were happy with, and and uh, another two points in the board. Yeah,
6: two points up at half time, but it looked pretty precarious with that one uh, to face that one in the second half.
2: Uh, not really, to be honest with you, because like the one thing we are comfortable at is running the ball. Uh, I think it's pretty much in our DNA, and I think to be honest with you, Derry have been uh, in very difficult situations um, a couple of times this year um, you know in terms of the scoreboard and, and the, the, you know against the breeze in the second half and that's when they're at their best because they are a brilliant, uh, a brilliant running team. Um, so we weren't overly worried about that. I think there is an element of that as well where when you have the breeze in the first half, that you sort of you rush things a wee bit and I think we were probably thinking that's probably a five or six point breeze there. We need to make sure that we get points on the board here and you're pushing it a wee bit more than you should be pushing it. Um and that might have an impact on decision as well. You're looking to get it done really fast and the reality is whatever length of time it takes, as long as it's a quality shot off and it's in your terms, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, There were
6: still two points in it when that goal came, so that was a hugely significant score in the game today.
2: Absolutely, and uh, all goals are are, are significant and uh, you know we were thankful that, uh, that it ended up in the back of the net for us and uh, give us that wee bit of breathing space and, and allowed us to settle a bit as well and, and, and play more. Um, I suppose, intelligently on the ball in the second half in terms of stretching them and and looking to get runners, you know, moving at the right time.
6: Patrick and Bertie showing a lot of leadership there today with his points from freeze and from play.
2: No, very much so. Like, uh, I suppose, you know, um, Patrick would have been criticised heavily enough over the last number of years. Um, And since I come in, he's he's working tremendously hard. And listen, when you're working hard, you know, you're always going to get the benefit out of it at some stage... Uh, you know, and I suppose even early in the year, in the McKenna Cup and all that there, um, he wasn't there at that stage, but he's continuing to work and continue to work, and if he does continue to do that there, uh, you know, he's getting leaner, he's getting sharper, you know, uh, he's getting his eye in now with his finishing. Um, You know, it stands to sense if you're working hard every single night, you're going to improve down the line, and thankfully that's the case for Mm -hmm. him, you know.
6: A few eyebrows raised when we heard that uh, who was going to replace Stephen McMenamin and Brendan McCall on the team today. It seemed like you were going to play about 14
2: forwards there. Well, that's true. I suppose four out of the six defenders were forwards in a former life today, you know. Um, And that does reflect, I suppose, um, I think where the game's going and people being comfortable. But equally, it's not good enough anymore just to have the ball. It's what you do with the ball and how you can attack with the ball. And, And so, yeah, you know, these are all concepts that you have to look at whilst joining the... You know, joining the the uh, the circles together as you go into a big game against Derry because um, that's one thing that they are very good at. Like uh, you look at you look at Derry's um, and they're probably as good as any of their forwards in terms of attacking. You know, their their their, their decision making, their timing. You know, uh, Conor Mccluskey scored the goal mm-hmm. the weekend. You know, the timing mm-hmm. and the, the the ruthlessness of that uh, from a corner back was 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 brilliant to see. So that's kind of the way the thing. Uh, is evolving at the moment and um, so it's interesting from our point of view to see who can do what, you know.
6: Are you concerned that the guys who are out seem to be taking quite some time to come back or has that been just carefully managed?
2: Well, listen, Charlie, I'm I'm, I'm grey, my daughter actually says I'm not grey anymore, I'm white, but I'm grey, but uh, you know, it does But you know, it's difficult like, you know, you want everybody in and you want them all there and you want to be working with them and then that's when you really, really understand what you've got and what tactical flexibility you have, whereas when you don't have them, you're restricted. So, as I keep on saying, we'll welcome them back with open arms whenever whenever they're becoming available. What's the R starting to become available, thankfully?
6: And the final one, the mathematicians have been working here, a couple of them on the left-hand side. They reckon one more one will get us promoted. i love to prove
2: these boys wrong, Jim, but uh, I think
7: that's Well, I the hope case. you don't prove them wrong in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, uh,
2: hope that hope that that's the case. I don't know, is Armagh still playing? Are they still they going? They are beaten by
6: about five or six. Okay, there was I don't two. think it really matters because, you know, oh. can only get to 11. And the yeah, AD I think
2: the big, one, the big one will be Cavan against Armagh, really. Yeah. That's, that's the big one. And if Armagh won that game, and it's going to be difficult for anybody, I think. But we will have to go and we will have to get our own uh, house in order for Kildare and try and come away with there for with two points. And I think if we do that, probably we'll not be too far away at that stage. another exam
6: passed
2: today anyway, Ah, thanks, Charlie. Cool. and a boot? Yes. What's... going uh, uh, to happen first then? Well, do you know what? Very, very little. The first minute of the game against Armagh, came out with the ball and he was trying to get free and he released the ball and whenever he released the ball, and he started running back towards his own goal. He could feel less pain in his in his big toe, you know, and um, so he is seeing a specialist on Wednesday in Dublin and uh, we'll we'll know a lot more about it. But um, it it's, it could be more innocuous than we first thought, you know.
8: Very good. And
2: well, not really. <laughs> Sorry,
8: but, um, Roland Gallagher was called into the panel today. We haven't seen him at any stage so far. Is, it, is he just newly in? Did somebody think he might have been
2: injured at one stage? He was injured twice. Yeah, he was injured twice. And Evan Broderick from Kelly Beggs was the same. Yeah. Um, and they came in and they picked up a hamstring injury. They, they were back and we got them treated and they came back in and they picked up a hamstring injury. And now both of them back in and they've been we've been sort of minding them as best we can over the last couple of weeks and uh, Ronan's now starting to progress and we've had a, a lot of injuries coming into this game so it meant that uh, he, he made the squad today you know so hopefully now he can push on in the next number of weeks because he's a he's a big strong boy uh, he's a physical player um, you know and um, did very well for the twenties a number of years ago uh, played for Harps then in between so hopefully now um, we're, we're, we're gonna see Lots of them over the next six or seven weeks, you know.
3: Yeah, we're
8: still waiting on the final score in the Kildare game, but you're going to be going down to play them, and it looks it looks like it's still it's still going to be in it. Whatever happens yes. today, so they're going to be fighting for their lives
2: against you. Yeah, and the exact same situation as today, you know. It's it's a very tough division. It's, it's a very competitive division. And as I said earlier, like from from our point of view, the positive today would be like we ended up with one seven and a performance in the first half that wouldn't be where we'd want it to be, but. I'm um, much more happy with the second. Yeah, have
8: you any sympathy for what Glenn Ryan's been going through?
2: Geez, I absolutely do, it's, a, it's, the toughest, it's the toughest gig in the world um, when things are not going well and uh, it's the best gig in the world when it is going well and that's the reality. You're going down the road and you're happy and you know you're positive and you're looking forward to the next training session but when you're trying to find a way and solve a problem and I've plenty of them to try and solve as well. Uh, it's it's it, it's it's difficult and a kind of a you know it kind of a, a tough uh um it can it grab you, you know, and uh, a lot of the Kildare stuff has been played out publicly which which doesn't help um you know the manager or the manager's family. That's you know, that's when it becomes, you know, much more difficult for your own inner circle, you know, your your partner, your family and all that there. So so yeah, I've, I've absolute sympathy for him. you know, and um, and uh, he's a great lad, and uh, so listen, he'll uh, he'll find a way. I'm pretty sure about that because there's a lot of very good men with him there as well.
8: Yeah, if you if you beat Kildare, which was talking about, there's a, a very strong possibility that you'll be promoted. That'll also add on a league final, which will be three games in a row. Yeah. You know, would you know looking down the line, would you like an opportunity maybe to rest up anybody that could be? No, because you know, th- you're going to be three weeks after that. You're gonna yeah,
2: no, well, not necessarily no, but. It would be brilliant to have a look at players, and it would be brilliant to have some of them players that are not available at the moment back in the squad and being able to play in that game. That would be that would be a bonus because it, it's it's like it's a league final, obviously, and yeah. it's a brilliant opportunity to play in Crow Park, and for fellas that haven't been in and around it, if you're in a situation where you could uh, at least a couple of them expose them to some minutes, that would be that would be that would be brilliant, you know.
4: Okay, the final part of the Donegal GAA podcast. We heard from Donegal manager there, Jim McGuinness, talking to various reporters. I am delighted to be joined because we're in the beautiful new surface here, Father Tierney Park in beautiful south Donegal. I'm with David McLuhan, vice chairman and former Ulster GAA president, Mr Tom Dilly. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello, Paddy. Uh, great. Uh, why would we not
7: be? Terrific result for Donegal.
4: Brilliant result for Donegal, they were really good. I want you here though, the new pitch, I took a walk on it beforehand. We heard Jim McGuinness there and we heard various players. I was talking to a number of them just before the game. They were walking on it. It's absolutely incredible. And I know you're one of the key architects behind this and spearheading this, Tom.
7: Yeah, well, look, there's a whole team of people that have been involved uh, in in the club and making sure that uh, we got it to this point. Yeah and Friday morning it was snow covered uh, and, and uh, it cleared off uh, cleared off uh, pretty quickly and uh, yesterday uh, Prunty Contracts who built a pitch for us came in and gave it a tidy up uh, and patterned the surface and so on and um, mowed it lightly so it played very well today for the team and we're delighted to see that.
4: How many years in the making was it, were, were you thinking about planning and was it just, was it within the club that here we have to have, we're a massive powerhouse of Donegal club football, we're Arua, we host county games, we have to get a new pitch in, how much thinking and thought went into
7: it? Well look, we knew for a long time that the surface of the Father Tierney Park needed to be done and I suppose what caught us and delayed us really was we had a huge project across the road here, nearly a million uh, euros spent on Park Erua, uh, the original Mondays uh, Field. Yeah. So um, we, we we built two fields there, which were open in 2009. So that delayed us getting at the job that needed needed to be done here. We were working away in other developments like additional changing rooms and so on. And uh, eventually we got to the point where um, we could see our way to um, taking on this project. Uh, you know, the pitch part of it alone, uh, when, when you take in things like the sideline um, accommodation and so on um it's not short of a quarter of a million to leave it at the point where it is so that's that was a that was a formidable a formidable task we were fortunate we got sports capital funding and so on and at the same time we were working to develop the spectator facilities we now have two sides of the ground terraced and we did get some most kinds support from for that but we did a lot of the fundraising for that ourselves and and got a good response from the community and look we have more work to do we have a big job to do in the stand which we'd hope to uh, uh go ahead with um as this year goes on, we want to to uh, uh, terrace it and to put in uh, individual tip up seating.
4: Okay, so we're in the we're in the press box side here. We're talking stand the far stand the far the stand far side, the far side.
7: Yeah, side, yeah. yeah. So okay. that's that's uh, what we see as a priority next, from the point of view of uh, this as a as a county ground facility. Your uh, i
4: there's an old an old adage. If you need something done, you ask a busy man. You had a really big job what the hsc and you told me you're retired but somebody like you never retires you're of course heavily involved in the caseman park project as well and this as well you never get sick of it
7: do you <laughs> i know look i come from a J family that's where i grew up with my father was uh, secretary of the county board in donegal from 50, 52 to, to 73 so our house was the place where the players called into and the county board officials called into is was like a crossroads really and that's what we are used to like we were out selling 10 week draw tickets for the club from when we were 7 or 8 years of age and look if that's the way you're rare that's the way you live and uh, I have uh, absolutely I don't tire of it to be honest with you and it's great to see so much activity here in our own local club we would always have been a family I suppose to support the county and have uh, been involved at different levels uh, at county board level and it's tremendous just to see how the GA has prospered in the county and um, the quality of the facilities that all of the clubs now have uh, particularly the, the, the involvement of uh, girls and women uh, in the sport i think that has been a huge boost to the clubs and things like hurling going well or whatever you know that there's there are, there are a lot of people who are who are working and giving a lot of their personal time on a voluntary basis in every club uh, throughout the county and people likewise doing it for the county board and and you know the the challenges of running a county board and being a county officer now they grow all the time the demands in terms of of how things are done and and the expectation level of uh, players, of spectators, of clubs and so on, that places a big burden on county board officers and, and I think that sometimes they don't get the full recognition that they deserve for their commitment uh, to the county because we have to have people who rise above their involvement in the club and get involved at county level, at provincial level and national level and so on, That's, we're a national organisation when all is said and done
4: Good man, you were GA president Ulster GA president in 2010, was that your final year?
7: I finished in 2010, yeah, 2010. and I'd, I'd done done a long time, and at that stage I'd done 23 consecutive years as a member and officer uh, 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 by the time I finished up.
4: Wow, it's an amazing goat. Just finally, before I have a quick word with David, Ballyshannon, I'm an draman, but my youth, my formative years growing up, Ballyshannon, an absolute powerhouse of Donegal Club Football, it's Aru is just one of... The names that just comes to the top, really good senior team at the moment but a massive, pe- some people talk about tradition and that for me I think tradition and culture is absolutely huge even inside I'm looking at some of the great photos of the past, you're a proud club and you're obviously very proud of this pitch and I would imagine and I'm using that word again very proud to be hosting Donegal Games here.
7: Yeah well as I said there is a strong, strong tradition of county involvement by and yeah, Jay people. Yeah as players and as administrators, and if you look through the records, that was the case. And and in many respects, we would have been a hub uh, for uh, through many decades or whatever. I really think that since 1992, what has happened where the GA has grown exponentially um, in terms of a support base throughout the county, and particularly I think what has been achieved in in its own and um, in the Fannad Peninsula, Uh, has been very, very important and and you can see it now with the distribution of um, the club network that the county panellists come from and the quality the quality of the players uh, that are coming through and that's again back to what's happening in terms of voluntary coaching at, 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 at club level but yes, look we, we, we are a proud club. We don't get beyond our station. Um, we have plenty of challenges to deal with, as all clubs have or whatever. But there's a good work ethic here. And, and I mean, I, I would have been very pleased with what I saw here today. So many different sections in our club uh, pulling together to try and um, make this a good event for everybody.
4: Well, it certainly was that. Tom Daly, an absolute legend of Ballyshannon, and Donegal and indeed Ulster. Thank you so much. And congratulations on all your success right throughout the years and it's nicely manifested in a wonderful new hollowed turf here in Father Tierney Park.
7: Appreciate it, Paddy. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Tom. David, you're getting the final slot here, Donegal. He Vice Chairman. David, we were actually just talking off air because you're kind of events controller as well. You kind of just look after the day-to-day running of every single county game. Is that right?
0: Well, yeah, that's the event controller. It's a role that's required for for pretty much any inter-county match. So it's It's a statutory role, actually, when you have a crowd over a certain amount, oh. uh, you're required to have an event controller. So each each county has them and I have a couple uh, at the moment. I'm currently the event controller for the, the Donegal matches, so uh, mostly well, in Ballet Buffet. Uh, Letterkenny in here in Ballyshannon I I started off here in Ballyshannon when I trained and got my qualification and uh, when the the road was vacated at McCool Park I stepped into that as well so I'm guessing I'm seven or eight years at it at this stage
4: So you get the blame uh, if something goes badly wrong but it's even the small things we were actually talking about even just the general cost like I couldn't believe 4,100 here today that's really good attendance isn't it and not many Louth fans so that's brilliant from a Donegal point of view isn't it that huge crowd sun out just a really positive day
0: well the conditions are perfect in many ways if this game hadn't been yesterday we, we had under 10s out in the cold and the rain and there's poor fellas starting to cry with the cold and it, it, it's just what the difference of 24 hours in, in Donegal can be uh, but the conditions today were absolutely perfect so there were no reason why people wouldn't uh, get out and support the team obviously there's a good feel factor going on in the county with all things um, on the pitch as well so I suppose everything falling into place uh, there's a level of interest with the new development we've done here at the Father Tierney Park a lot of people curious I uh, want to go out and see it for the first time as well as the pitch uh, we finished off the terracing on the town side as well so the entire sideline terraced out so the spectator facilities improving as well so people coming out out of curiosity as well to see kind of what's happened at the ground as well as of course you know number one coming supporting the team.
4: And it's the stuff though we can talk about, because you said to me before you're talking about volunteers and that, and you know, I think all of us even in the media sometimes you're we're critical in that. these are all everybody's just volunteering here, and you're even just talking about the small things that people would know the cost, like support lose, renting that. and it's running a match is a it's a big gig, isn't it?
0: oh it's a big gig and, and the, the planning starts months out really like you have the official pre-event stuff that you do on, on the week or two leading into it but all the, the the long lead stuff that has to be done and there's a team that goes with any match the, the preparation of match program the arranging of, of draws but all of the logistics around it uh preparation here but even as recently as this week like getting uh, fiber broadband upgrades and stuff like that around the grounds we're all obviously ticket or cashless now so everything is scanned tickets so there's infrastructure work that has to be done and you're planning for all that but then lining up the catering lining up the uh, the shops uh, everything goes with it our ladies did a great job today with, with soups but like all, all the amount of planning going into all that to have it right and to try and have a good experience for all the supporters that come as well and that is comfortable and enjoyable so a lot of planning, and as just said, there's cost that goes with that too. The last one,
4: can I ask, and I know it's absolutely nothing to do with you or Donegal or even Ulster, it's a national policy now, is the ticketless, how, you see, is it tough on the older generation? What, what's your own thoughts on it? And again, I know you absolutely are, you didn't drop any legislation, this is not David McLoone's thing. Where do you stand on that, the no cash at the gate, or
2: is it... Well,
0: look, I'm, I'm absolutely in favour of it. I think of days when uh, there'd be an awful lot of cash collected and you're talking about guard escorts to get to banks. Like, literally, there's a level of... And there were loads of raids as
4: well, yeah,
0: yeah. And a level of risk that that's not necessary and an awful lot of cash to be arranged for floats and all that. And I, I do get that um, sometimes the, the older generation are mentioned. Now, it doesn't happen too often, so it doesn't, but there, there are occasions, like, the last thing we want to do is not be uh, open for all to come in through the gates but I, I think cashless is absolutely the way to go um, i think at a national level we just have one last step to to make to take card payments at the gates the likes of these national league games are by either online sales or you can buy them in centra we're lucky our centra stores 300 meters from the ground so not an issue um, in in valley shannon so it's not but for county games um, our response to obviously we went uh, cashless during covid so we did and we we're tickets only and there was a level of um difficulty and i grew with that because we couldn't take any form of payment so now at county club games we can take card payments so you're taking payment at the gate it's just not cash so you know we've addressed that at a, at a county and club level so we have and i think just for the likes of national league games if there's maybe something like that might be the, the the final little jump but we're we're, we're very looking i think we're very close i think we're at a point really of no return in terms of the cash and then um, i think people are just getting used to that and you know, if you're planning your trip to the match, you stop stopping <laughs> a most graves, you know, a or centre and get your ticket on the way if you're not able to buy online. Promise this is the last one. Do you ever get a
4: weekend off? Do, do you ever get a weekend off? Like, take a break? Well, From GAA,
0: like... <laughs> uh, you plan your weeks off uh, carefully, but uh, there, there's never a week where there isn't something to do. And if it's not uh, local bingo, like I'm involved, like the vice chair role at the county board is the chair of the CCC. So all of the county fixtures uh, run. Like we're in the middle of uh, planning now to get our fixtures out for the first few rounds next week for the club cha- for the club leagues. Um, but when uh, when the championship finishes in. October you're straight into under 21s again and it actually runs till middle of December so you get about four weeks off at of Christmas Where you take the foot off the pedal a bit, but uh, no you're straight into the next season again So that's the joys of it. But look we're happy to do it. Tom was talking about the level of volunteerism We all do it because we enjoy it We want to give a bit we get plenty back in terms of a uh, reward and fulfillment from that And we have you know younger generations coming up behind that we're all trying to build something that's better for them
4: Tom's an incredible man, isn't
0: he? Oh, no doubt about it um, they say he's a good recruiter for volunteers. Uh, he's a great way of uh, getting people to help. Um, I was recruited into the my role on the park development committee as treasurer, uh, by Tom, and I haven't looked back since. But I'm delighted because I uh, involved here in Ballyshannon, seeing the development going on, and just being part of it is great. And it actually gave me the platform to become a, a county, a, a county board officer as well, because when the position for uh, the, the development officer at the time which is now planning and training when that became open i was so involved in Ballyshannon, shannon i was i was asked if i'd be interested in taking the county position so my activity in the club you know was the the first step in the ladder in terms of uh, progressing to uh, do work with the county
4: uh, well put well said dave mcclune thanks very much and to everybody here, a wonderful hospitality today and a fantastic new pitch and i'm looking forward to the further developments over the next number of years
6: thank you very much patty
4: Okay, so that's it for the weekend's edition of the Donegal GAA Podcast. Big shout-out to Austin O'Callaghan on production and to our loyal sponsors, Donegal Plumbing and Heaton Olahi Road in Donegal Sound. And most of all, big shout-out to you, our loyal listeners, who tune in in your really high numbers. Donegal are not playing next weekend, but they do travel to Netwatch, Cullen Park, March the 16th, that's a Saturday evening to take on Glenn Ryan's kill. We will talk to you then. Bye for now. Stay safe and we will touch base in a fortnight.
1: Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Loughy Road, Donegal Town, suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikon, air to water heat pumps
5: and all your renewable needs and sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast.